0: Hello, sweethearts. Thanks for joining me today on Love Letters 2, your daily podcast dedicated to wonderful and unexpected things. In today's episode, continuing through our month of first times, it is a love letter to Eunice Kennedy Shriver and the very first Special Olympics. Eunice's own sister with intellectual disabilities inspired her to work tirelessly on behalf of all people with similar disabilities. She successfully changed societal perceptions and promoted inclusion, acceptance, and achievement. The entire world joins in this love letter to her devotion and the legacy that continues today, improving the lives and futures of countless people across the world. I'm Alicia Mintz, and I invite you to join me today for this love letter to Eunice Kennedy Shriver and the First Special Olympics, coming to you right after a brief word from our sponsors. Dear Eunice Kennedy Shriver and the first Special Olympics, All of us know about your famous family. Most people can name several members of the family, with your brothers, President John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy, at the top of the list. Fewer know about you and your sisters. That was not a reflection of your intellect or capability. It was merely because you were born girls during a time when women played supporting roles. Your famous and demanding parents expected you to excel and contribute, but you were expected to do these things in service of your brothers, husbands, and sons. Your father, Joseph P. Kennedy, loved his daughters, but did not hold you in the same esteem that he did his sons. There were no congressional or presidential aspirations for the girls. You were meant to campaign for the brothers and to marry well. That's why you, Eunice Kennedy Shriver, not as well known as your famous brothers, although you did arguably more to change the world than they did. Your impact has been tremendous, and you profoundly changed the course of lives of more people than can be counted. Had you been born a boy, you undoubtedly could have become president, but since that was not an option available to you, you made significant and lasting impacts in other ways. Through your love and compassion, You changed the world in many ways, but none more significant than through the founding of the Special Olympics, an organization dedicated to empowering people with intellectual disabilities. This concept is something we openly embrace today, but the norm of the time, when you were young, was to hide those with disabilities and not to concern yourself with helping them reach their full potential. Eunice, you were born July 10th, 1921 the fifth child of Joseph P. Kennedy Sr. and Rose Fitzgerald Kennedy. Your elder siblings were Joe Jr., John, Rosemary, and Kathleen, also known as Kick. Four more siblings would follow after you, Patricia, Bobby, Jean, and Teddy. You were deeply impacted by the tragedy that befell your older sister, Rosemary. Rosemary had intellectual disabilities during a time when there was very little understanding or interest in how to best treat and help people with them. Most disabled people during the time of your childhood were institutionalized in very grim conditions. Your parents tried their best to integrate and include Rosemary in the family as much as possible during her youth, but it became more and more obvious that she was unable to keep up intellectually, athletically, or in any other way with the rest of you, Kennedy clan. Early in her education, it was recognized that Rosemary was a slower learner than the other siblings, and she was sent to special schools and programs that your parents believed would help her. These programs and schools were not, however, designed for people with intellectual disabilities. In fact, there really were no schools that specialized in that yet. The accepted practice of the time was to hide and institutionalize disabled people. With the plentiful financial resources available to your family, Rosemary was given far more options during her childhood than most people in her situation in the 1920s and 30s. Sadly, those options were still significantly lacking for her needs. Although taken to England with the rest of the family and even presented as a debutante with your sister Kick to King George VI and his consort Queen Elizabeth, Rosemary's disabilities were becoming increasingly difficult for your family to hide. I guess we will never know the full story behind why your father chose to treat Rosemary with a new experimental surgery, but we can all agree that the outcome was devastating and tragic. After Rosemary was given a prefrontal lobotomy, she was unable to communicate or function in any of the ways she did before. It was then that your parents decided she would be institutionalized. And for years, she essentially disappeared from your family, with her condition and location kept from you until your father's debilitating stroke in 1961. Life for the rest of the Kennedy clan went on after Rosemary's tragic lobotomy. Everyone married had children, and pursued their own careers and aspirations. You married Robert Sergeant Shriver in 1953, and you had five children together. Sergeant was your faithful companion and partner in life, causes, philanthropy, and everything else you chose to do. Your husband was every bit as committed to making positive changes in the world as you were and devoted his life in the service of others just as you did. Inspired by Rosemary's circumstances and by the plight of the more than 200,000 mentally and intellectually disabled people institutionalized at that time, Eunice, you sought to make a difference. In 1962, you wrote an article in the Saturday Evening Post revealing that your sister Rosemary was born with intellectual disabilities. This was a brave step to take because this, of course, meant you were revealing that the president's sister was born with intellectual disabilities. The issue of disabilities was still largely not spoken of publicly in the early 1960s. In fact, Rosemary's lobotomy was not made public until the late 1980s. This article made a great deal of progress with public attitudes about disabilities. It lifted the shroud of secrecy and shame previously associated with intellectual and mental disabilities. Once involved with the issue and working with families, you heard mothers of disabled children complain to you that there was no place for their children to go to camp or learn sports. You decided that would end with you. In June of 1963, you started Camp Shriver, the earliest version of the Special Olympics, at your home in Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C., Camp Shriver was a day camp that gave disabled children the ability to participate in organized athletic events. It became an annual event, and the Kennedy Foundation gave grants to places all over the country to hold similar camps. You were not just an organizer at Camp Shriver. You were actually in your pool with the kids teaching them how to swim. There were 34 children at that first Camp Shriver. There were 26 counselors as well high school, and college students you recruited along with your children. You were not surprised when Camp Shriver was an instant success. The children who participated were able to swim, kick soccer balls, play basketball, ride horses, and enjoy many other activities previously unavailable to them. The volunteer counselors you recruited quickly realized that the children did not fit the stereotypes they had been told by society. The children were just kids that wanted to have fun, just like every other kid. The success of Camp Shriver turned into the Special Olympics, which was first held on June 20, 1968, at Chicago Soldier Field with over 1,000 competitors. Certainly your goal was inclusion, but you also strongly encouraged participants to do their very best and strive to win you adopted the oath of the Special Olympics from the gladiators of ancient Rome. Let me win, but if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. In your opening ceremony speech, you stressed your belief that children with intellectual disabilities can be exceptional athletes. Today, the Special Olympics remains the world's largest sports organization for children and adults with disabilities. The organization you started provides year-round training and activities to no more than 5 million participants in 172 countries. Around the world, there are Special Olympics competitions every day, making more than 100,000 events a year. As for your sister Rosemary, you not only began visiting her regularly once you learned of her location, but also brought her home for long visits you made her part of the family again. In 1984, President Ronald Reagan awarded you with the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor for your work on behalf of persons with intellectual disabilities. When bestowing this honor on you, President Reagan said, her decency and goodness have touched the lives of many, and Eunice Kennedy Shriver deserves America's praise, gratitude, and love. The list of honors and recognition you were given throughout your life, and even afterward, is too long to include, but some of them must be mentioned. In 1995, you became the second American and the only woman in the country to be commemorated on currency coins. In 1998, you were inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. In 2002, the National Collegiate Athletic Association, the NCAA, honored you with the Theodore Roosevelt Award and included you in the NCAA Centennial Celebration in 2006. In 2006 as well, Pope Benedict XVI awarded you with the Papal Knighthood and the title of the Dame of the Order of St. Gregory the Great. In 2009, a historic portrait of you was placed in the National Portrait Gallery of the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C., making you the first person, apart from a president or first lady, to be honored in this way. In July 2017, you were posthumously honored with the Arthur Ashe Courage Award at the 2017 ESPY Awards. Sadly, you took your leave from this world on August 11, 2009. Until your death, though, you remained a member of the Special Olympics Boards of Directors, and never stopped working to improve the lives of people with intellectual disabilities. Here's to you, Eunice Kennedy Shriver. The Special Olympics you created have come a long way from that first Camp Shriver in your backyard in 1962, and even from the first official Special Olympics in 1969. Your belief that people with intellectual disabilities can be exceptional athletes changed the world. You transformed public perceptions and improved the lives of millions. Your legacy lives on and is still going strong today. Thanks so much for joining me today on this episode of Love Letters 2. Until we meet again, darlings, stay in love. Thanks for listening to Love Letters 2, a Hemlock Creatives production. Feel like showing some love to Love Letters 2 We'd love it if you tell a friend or leave us a kind review or even come and visit us on social media. You can find us at Instagram or Facebook at Love Letters 2 Podcast. You can also reach out and email us at loveletters2podcast at gmail.com or visit our website at loveletters2podcast.com. Until we meet again in the next episode, darlings, stay in love.